Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, plant-centered listener. My name is Ashley, and I am your host today. Today, I have a story from a very special guest who walked into her doctor's office, had been struggling with eczema for a quite a while, and her doctor opened up a textbook, showed her a picture of someone who was having a severe case of eczema, told her her case was not severe enough, and basically sent her on her way. She went through steroid cream after steroid cream. She tried a lot of different modalities and nothing seemed to work. So you can kind of see where the story is going, right? I'll let Chanel tell the rest, but I do want to introduce you to Chanel, who now is a registered holistic nutritionist, functional hormone educator, and founder of Evergreen Nourish Co., which is an online nutrition counseling practice with a focus on hormone health and transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle. Chanel resides in Manitoba, Canada, and she graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in 2022 with a diploma in natural nutrition with distinguished merit and a holistic culinary certification. This spring in 2024, she will also be graduating with a bachelor's degree of environmental studies in environmental health from the University of Manitoba. And we talk about some of the things that she's learning in her environmental health classes, and some of them were a little shocking. Chanel began her own plant-based journey in 2018 when going through health issues, which she discusses further, and this led her to pivot her career to combine her passions for both overall health and the environment. Please join me in welcoming Chanel and her story. I'm curious because I know that you have sort of a backstory as to why you went plant-based and everything. So I would love for you to kind of just give us an idea of like what kicked off this journey for you. I feel like for me, it was pretty interesting because I almost had like a health journey that was going parallel with this environmental journey. Literally, like as I was having all these health issues, I saw a naturopath and I was told to cut out certain foods because I had a lot of inflammation in my body. If I take a step back further, actually, so in 2018, I was 25, I already had been struggling with eczema for a long time. Um, And I had sort of started a health journey, you know, trying to eat better. I was not a nutritionist yet. And I decided I also wanted to go off the birth control pill. I had been on it for a decade for, you know, acne, like even before I was sexually active, I was told to go on it. And I just started like learning about, you know, how that impacts, you know, your fertility and just like mood and everything. I had had a lot of anxiety in my early 20s. So I was like, you know what, I'm done. I just, you know, I was married. I just, whatever, like, I just want to go off of it. And when I did that, my entire body just like went a little bit haywire. (laughs) I mean, I had like inflammation in my neck. Like I was like red and had itchy eczema all over the place. My doctor was not helping me at all with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all they were doing were giving me steroid um, creams, which also were contributing, you know, to even more eczema and it would just come back, you know, with a vengeance. So, so then I had cut out like, you know, they, the naturopath told me like, try to cut out, you know, inflammatory foods. Um, so like red meat and eggs and dairy, I had never, you know, been restricted previously with any food. I didn't have food allergies. 
Um, I grew up with a mother with food allergies, though, so I was a bit familiar with it, but it was it was tough. And at the same time, you know, I was trying to buy more locally. I was learning a lot about climate change and the environment. So that was about in December of, of 2018. And then a few months later, I was watching all these documentaries. And I was like, you know what, I'm really only eating like honey and fish out of like the animal products yeah so I was like why like why (laughs) I don't really need to be um because I was really aligning you know with the vegan movement I've always been really into environmentalism so I decided to take the leap um that spring I cut out fish and you know honey I wasn't having much of anyway so I became vegan in 2019 and yeah so it was pretty interesting how those kind of you know came about at the same time my environmental journey and my health journey and um, I did eventually like you know bring back a lot of the foods but not the animal products I was like off like gluten and tomatoes like all the nightshades you know the typical things that they get you to try to cut out and I don't know really if that was helping I think I just was you know had to go through that cycle from having taken steroids for a lot of my life from the creams and everything. And I had, you know, kind of like the steroid withdrawal that they call. Um, so I had to just go through that um, and, you know, heal my gut as well, because I had had a lot of gut issues as well from antibiotics and all the things and obviously the steroids too um, throughout my life. So that was something I had to work on. And um, yeah, it eventually got way better. I lost my period when I went off the birth control pill for over a year. I got my period back. Um, really? So yeah, it's quite interesting. And um, then in 2020, I decided I wanted to go back to school and become a nutritionist. So that is how that all happened. <laughs> yes. It sounds um, like a whirlwind of a couple of years yeah. to like get there. Before December 2018, was there did any of your doctors or like the research that you came upon, if you did any, like indicate that, hey, the food that you're eating might be contributing to some of these issues? No, like the whole reason why I had seeked out like alternative um, practitioners was because really the doctors were basically like, there's nothing like to yeah. do. Um, I literally had a dermatologist one time, you know, it was quite debilitating. Like it would, you know, ooze, it was on my thighs. I would be depressed from it because of all that inflammation going on in my brain too. And the doctor, the dermatologist literally opened up a page of a textbook of like a hospitalized case and was like, this is what a severe case is like. You're not a severe case. And I was like, this is literally wow. impacting my daily life. Like I'm, I'm depressed. Like, you know, like it's hard to know how to dress because like, of you know, my skin is like not okay. And it was, yeah, very frustrating to have that type of, of treatment. So that's when I started doing a bit more of my own research. I did find, you know, stuff about hormones or the birth control pill. And that's kind of what started the whole journey because yeah, until then, you know, I was kind of just living my life with anxiety and with like the PMS and all the things and thinking this is fine, you know, right. um, it's not fine, but I guess this is just how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is my life basically. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah. So that's why, you know, that happened. And then yeah, you know, fast forward, you know, five years later, and I'm a hormone nutritionist and helping folks, you know, eat more plants and and, and fix their, their hormone issues as well. So it's kind of been really cool. The whole yeah. Journey. yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but also fortunate in a way that you have to kind of go through some of those trials and tribulations to kind of get yeah. to where you're at now for you to figure out, oh, this is my passion, my purpose, because I sort of like had to walk through the valley in order to get to like the mountaintop to be able to help other people sort of 
overcome what I was going through in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be maybe that sounding board too, that maybe you didn't receive with some of your healthcare providers that you were like really looking after. And I know so many people listening to this show who have been on the show before have a similar story where it's like they either had to go above and beyond to figure out what the heck was wrong with them, or they had to seek out other medical providers or even both to get to this place where they were able to heal or start their healing journey. Absolutely. Like, I just feel like, you know, I grew up, my mom, you know, health is one of her values as well. And, you know, we always advocated for ourselves, but a lot of people don't know, you know, how to do that or don't have access to be able to do that. And I just think back about like, if I hadn't advocated for myself and done my own research, you know, I have a background in health. I've been a dental hygienist for eight years. So I had that under my belt. But for a lot of people, that's that doesn't come naturally. They don't know how to seek help. And, you know, then maybe I wouldn't be where I am now. Right. I, I know I yeah. wouldn't be because I, you know, when you don't advocate for yourself, you don't have, you know, other options. So you just feel really stuck in that cycle. Yep. Yeah. So congrats on almost celebrating your five-year anniversary of being vegan. That's so exciting. (laughs) How was that transition for you? I mean, at at one point, you know, you had cut out a lot of different foods, including nightshades and different things, and you started introducing those back in. It sounds like those and gluten, right? Yeah. I only started eating gluten again, like last year because I wasn't sure. I was like, what if it is why my eczema is better, right? Like you always have kind of that thought, even though I'm not celiac, I've been tested a few times. Yeah, so it was interesting because then when you're vegan and something else, then it makes it even tougher sometimes <laughs> to find options, you know, at restaurants and everything. It was definitely, you know, like trial and error trying to find things that are tasty. And uh, I mean, it's come such a long way with the vegan options available in the grocery stores. Like it's a lot better now for sure. Yeah. How are things up in your area? Yeah, so I'm in Manitoba, Canada. So the biggest city is Winnipeg. And it's actually pretty good. Like we've got, you know, a lot of different grocery store chains that have, you know, vegan cheeses and milks and um, lots of, you know, like meat alternatives and things like that, too. I don't think it's as good as in the States from what I hear and from like what I see online. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I eat primarily Uh, whole foods as well like we do eat some you know processed stuff for sure but um we actually have in manitoba this group of organic farms that grow like pulses and legumes and everything um and so every year it's actually the end of the month we're filming uh recording this in january so at the end of the month i'm picking up my csa for um grains and legumes from manitoba farmers so it's really awesome that you know that lasts almost a whole year for my husband and i so we get like, you know, black beans and oats or, you know, gluten-free oats too for people that need it. Gluten-free oats and um, different flours, different um, corn products, like corn grits and things like that. So yeah, it's really great to have that as an option. They also sell their products in some grocery stores locally as well. Um, so yeah, so it, I feel good about that, you know, <laughs> but that's where we get most of our, our, our legumes and everything. So yeah, it's nice to be able to support your local farmers. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that one box that you get at the end of January, that will last you for the entire year? Mostly. There's a few things that we have to top up. So like they don't have chickpeas. So we got chickpeas separately at the grocery store. So things like that, like obviously we, you know, we have to buy all the fresh food as well. But in terms of like legumes and like flour, we don't need to buy at all separately, which is really nice. And um, they have lots of lentils in there, lots of, you know, a few different kinds of beans. They rotate their crops, right? So it's not always the same every year. 
So yeah, so I'm very fortunate to have that available. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. For anyone listening to, I mean, that's a great idea if you do have some local farmers in your area who provide a CSA box or provide some sort of produce box. Sometimes it's nice to have that, whether you get it once a month, every other week, or even like once a quarter, just to supplement the foods that you already buy at the grocery store. Yeah. Which fun fact, maybe. So I went to Iowa to making sure it was Iowa, not Idaho. It was Iowa, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) to visit with Quaker oats. And what I didn't know was that all of our oats or all of Quaker's oats come from Canada. They are all grown there. Like apparently as far up as you can go without being in the, uh, I don't know, wilderness, tundra, Tundra. bush. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that because I just assume a lot of those places in the States like that are agriculture heavy would have oats too, but like maybe they just grow better up here. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, at least that's what Quaker does. So it was really neat to cool. f- find out. They just ship them down, you know, by the semis and like these big train, what I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know what those, those are called, train cars <laughs> basically. And yeah, we, that's where we get all of our oats, which I think is pretty fascinating. So. Awesome. Fun fact there. (laughs) Well, I know people listening, and sometimes I get this question even on social media, is what was it like even taking the certification or going through the courses to get your certification um, and to become a registered nutritionist? Because I know there are people out there who are curious about, even in the States, taking a nutritionist certification. And there are questions like, well, if I'm vegan or if I'm passionate about plant-based eating, is this something that is maybe going to kind of go against how I feel? But how was it for you? And what was your program like too? Yeah. So I studied at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. They are the biggest school across Canada. They have several campuses. And then I did the online campus, technically. And it was quite good. There's 18 different courses that you have to go through. So you do get like a really wide range of education. There's also one called Eco Nutrition, which was my favorite. We read a book all about like the blue zones type of thing and the centenarians and all the things. So it was quite cool. Uh, No, I think I'm mixing up two courses, actually. That was the one about (laughs) aging. Hang on. Okay. (laughs) Uh, There was a different book. I forgot the title of it, but there was a different book. And actually, that one went over like um, CAFOs and different things like that, which was really interesting. I know you being from North Carolina are obviously very familiar with that. Yes, Um, which that stands for Confined Animal Feed Operations for anyone who doesn't know. Yes. (laughs) Yep. So that was interesting already. I like, you know, I was already vegan, so I already knew a lot about that. Um, but obviously, yeah, the aging one was really great, too, because they went over these blue zones, which obviously are also plant based areas. Yeah, it felt really like validating because in a way, in my head, I was like, even if I don't, you know, go through with like working as a nutritionist, I just feel like this is really interesting for me to learn because of everything I've been through. And to get that validation, like, is this the right thing to do? You know, like, when you just watch documentaries and do your own research, sometimes you're kind of like, is this right? Like, because then you hear the opposite views and you're like, I don't know anymore. So just getting, you know, the validation that like, yes, like plants are full of nutrients, you know, and you you can have a healthy, sustainable plant-based diet. Even like the first book, like it was like intro nutrition one. And I opened the book and it was like, something about the environment was like in the preface. And I was just like, wow. I sent a picture of that to my friend Roxanne. And I was like, oh my God, this feels so aligned. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. So I would hope that they're talking about that more and more. I went to school a long time ago, like over a decade ago. And so that wasn't as prevalent and neither was even talking about plant-based eating just because that term wasn't even used very often 
back then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm glad to hear that it sounds like it's being uh, talked about more, which is just fantastic because yeah, it needs to be. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like this course, even though it wasn't 100% plant-based, it was still helpful. Like you, you still came out with it, obviously with your degree, but you didn't, it didn't impede on you, on your morals or like you being vegan or like being pro plant-based. Not at all. Yeah. And, um, there was even a second part of the program that was like a culinary training. And actually one of the um, instructors in there is a vegan nutritionist himself. So it was, it was pretty good because all of the culinary training was actually pretty much (laughs) plant-based. So yeah, just learning different techniques that now I can, you know, teach clients as well. So yeah, so it was really great that way. Yeah. And like you were saying too, like even if you didn't come out practicing and starting your practice, it was still a helpful course. I know some people even listening have thought about maybe taking like the E Cornell course, uh, which is through Colin Campbell, just because some of these courses, you do learn so much. Like sometimes there's only so much research and so many documentaries we can watch. It's nice to go through a course and learn from the best of the best in the plant-based world just to further our education. So I know those options are always out there for anyone who wants to kind of expand on their knowledge, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What are some common concerns or questions that you receive from your ideal clients or some of the people that you work with? It's funny because I actually kind of shifted my ideal client over the, you know, almost two years that I've been doing this. I did start wanting to do more of like plant-based coaching, which I don't know if it's just in my area, but it hasn't been like that fruitful. So I did shift to working primarily in the hormone space, which, you know, obviously with my own health routine was a really big Um, passion of mine. So about a year ago, I started with that being more my ideal client, just somebody who is, you know, going through hormone imbalances, you know, period issues, things like that, wanting to conceive or already pregnant and just wanting to improve their nutrition status and lifestyle, which is really awesome. But yeah, I actually didn't start off with that as my niche. I was actually more in the plant-based space. But now I feel like I kind of realized, you know, plant-based thinking kind of should be applied to every niche in a way. Yeah, Definitely, no matter what someone struggles with, it is, you know, eating more plants, like here are the plants that will get you the nutrients that you maybe are lacking. So I do, you know, kind of do that type of work now. But I do still see some clients that are in my, you know, plant-based program, which is uh, Evergreen Evolution. So right now I have a lady who's trying to lower her cholesterol. I have somebody who's pre-diabetic. So that one has like even more support, just like one-on-one support because they are making so many changes. Whereas my hormones program, there's like a big video component to it as well. Yeah. So I really love how it's, you know, holistic. I am a holistic nutritionist that touches on a lot of different areas of your lifestyle, sleep, stress, all the things, plus obviously the nutrition counseling as well. So yeah, so it's been really fun to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new when you think about it. Um, I, you know, it's only been a couple years and I'm giving myself grace for that because I'm still kind of getting, you know, my feet wet and everything, but it's been really awesome to be able to do this work. Like it's literally my dream job. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's been really amazing. I never thought I would be a business owner actually. So even when I was in nutrition, like, like studying it, I was like, yeah, I'll just like work in a clinic. Um, but I really wanted to really like, I was like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm going like all the way. I was like, I want yeah. to align what I'm doing every day. Otherwise I'll end up in the same cycle where you're just seeing like client after client after client. And you don't feel like you get to give them everything that you want to give them. Like it's going to be that type of, you know, day to day job. So 
I was like, I guess I'm doing this. You know, I guess I'm opening up my own practice Heck yes. um, and being able to align it to my, my values of environmentalism and, and eating plant-based and all the things. Uh, not all my clients are fully plant-based by any means. It's probably like 75% vegans, vegetarians, and then 25% not. Yeah, pretty much exactly how I wanted to set it up from the start. I was like, I'm doing it the right way, you know, so that I feel really aligned in what I do every day. Yes. Yep. And I could not agree more that it's, it's good to give yourself permission to also shift kind of who you're working with or who your ideal client is or what you're passionate about, because that is just going to light you up all the more in your business. I just feel like that's so important. So I think it's wonderful that you kind of started out in one space, but you sort of were open to receiving, Hey, I, you know, I'm kind of passionate about hormones and women's health and different things. And I'm going to allow myself to also encompass that into my practice. Yeah, absolutely. I felt called like I took additional training to be like a functional hormone educator. And that just really pulled me in that direction where I was like, okay, yes, I feel like this is even more aligned. And I can still do, you know, the plant based coaching on the side as well, all within my one practice, not having to be yeah, so focused on just like the veganism part, which I obviously love and am, but it's just maybe the world's not ready yet. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yep. But I can definitely relate. I mean, so when I first was going through my program, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a couple different things, a sports dietitian and a beef lobbyist. So I wanted to <laughs> promote eating beef. And I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? But I was raised on an Angus cattle farm. And so like, yeah. that was my passion. And yeah, that has shifted uh, a big 180. So I definitely can relate to just kind of just shifting some things around, maybe not that drastically, but just being open to kind of what comes your way. And especially when you go through healing and a health issue, I feel like that just kind of deepens your roots and wanting to do something that's similar to what you've gone through as well. Yeah, absolutely. It just feels, you know, when, when you're able to relate to the client on that level, it's just probably feels so much more genuine too, like from the client's perspective, you definitely feel like more of a connection to the client and have so much more, you know, experience with it as well. So that's been really great. Yeah, good. So is there any advice that you would give to someone who is kind of just struggling in the areas that it, like of your expertise, whether it's related to hormone related concerns, or even infertility issues? Like, is there any kind of piece of advice that you commonly give out that would be beneficial to our listeners? A lot of the population is on the birth control pill for, you know, usually years. Um, and for a lot of people, they were never told that that, you know, uses up a lot of nutrients, depletes nutrients in their bodies when they are on the pill. So even if they have come off of it or want to come off of it, oftentimes there's going to be symptoms because you have to make sure that you are nourished. And, you know, and even for that, your gut health needs to be on par because if your gut health is not good, you're not necessarily absorbing the nutrients as well either. So yeah, so definitely the first thing we'll do is, you know, they get they have questions about, you know, how can I regulate my periods, but we have to definitely look at what their gut health looks like um, and what their nutrients are looking like because if they've never, you know, supplemented or or eaten lots of foods in like zinc, for example, zinc is a big one that the pill depletes and is related to a lot of different hormone things, like even like skin health and um, making progesterone and everything. So if, you know, zinc is very, very low, especially in plant foods, you know, there's pumpkin seeds, but it's not in huge amounts um, in plant foods. They'll, people will say like, eat oysters, or, like, you know, <laughs> oh. eat beef liver. Yeah. Um, so, oh. <laughs> uh, 
So definitely um, zinc is a big one that we'll go over um, in terms of, you know, if they ask, how can I even start? It's like, well, maybe you need a little bit of help from a supplement or two to make sure that, you know, even your vitamin D levels, you know, you need to make sure that you're getting what you need. Living in Canada, we don't have as much sunlight, you know, we're in the Northern Hemisphere. So definitely vitamin D is a big one too. So we do go over, you know, their entire medical history and, and, you know, what their food looks like day to day and go from there. Because for some people it's stress, for some people it's the nutrients. For most, I would say it's multiple things, right? So looking at it from a holistic perspective of the whole body versus just focusing on, you know, your, your, you know, sex hormones themselves or just, you know, your reproductive system definitely helps to balance everything and, and get results too. Yeah. You're, it sounds like you're getting like a much clearer picture or like a big picture of what's going on versus like just focusing on one little thing when it can be tied to so many other things mm-hmm. that are going on in the body or even Absolutely. externally. If yeah. someone, if someone is working with you and they, they do want some sort of like contraception, what do, if you don't mind sharing, what do you often recommend that maybe is something that's a bit more natural? Yeah. Great question. So yeah, definitely some people are wanting to go off the pill, but don't necessarily want a baby. Right. So Obviously, this comes up because, you know, I'm, I'm 30. A lot of people my age are either like ready to have kids or like not ready to have kids or not having kids at all. So definitely, you know, we discuss this. And the main thing I would recommend to them is condoms and then also tracking your fertility. So it's become so much more available. I feel like there's so many apps I see now that I'm like, oh, I haven't even heard of this one yet um, to track like your temperature. So they have different thermometer like bands and stuff like that, that you can have on that tracks your basal temperature so that you have a, a clue. You know, it's nothing is a hundred percent, neither is the pill, but to have a clue of when you're ovulating because it'll track when you have a little jump in your temperature. And then, yeah. And then you kind of know what your window is, your fertile window so that, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to abstain or I'm going to use a condom those few days so that you're able to, yeah, prevent um, pregnancy and yeah, and then obviously everybody's different. Like some people choose to have a copper IUD. And I think no matter what, like every form of birth control will have pros and cons. So that's obviously something that we discuss together. And obviously, you know, I'm not um, a doctor, so I don't prescribe or anything. So they obviously are encouraged to discuss it with their doctor if they do have a certain concern about the medication itself. But yeah, in terms of like more natural options, then yeah, definitely tracking your temperature and condoms would be like the best bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's nice too, that you're actually have, you're able to have this open dialogue about contraception versus being like, oh, the pill is like the one and the only thing that you're supposed to do or get an IUD type thing. Like there are other options out there that you can explore mm-hmm. and that won't have a, as much of an impact, if any, on your hormonal health or on your health in general. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you're also working on your environmental health degree. I'm curious how that's going. And if you could kind of give us a couple things that you've learned that you think would be really helpful. So I started studying that when I was still in nutrition. I was like probably three quarters done my nutrition program. And I kind of realized that I wanted to have like the environmental background as well, because, you know, there was that eco nutrition course in my nutrition program at CSNN, but there, you know, I wanted more. (laughs) So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I have already some university courses under my belt. So I looked into my local university what I would need to actually complete a degree in environmental studies. And my focus area is environmental health. So I've been part-time studying on the side as well this entire time as I'm building my business. So I'm wearing a lot of hats. (laughs) It's been a lot. At the end of April, 2024, I'll be 
done my courses. So congratulations. Have, yeah, thank you. I love learning. Like I think lifelong learning is so important. And with environmental health being my focus area, I got to learn a lot more about, you know, toxicology and basically just how our environment is impacting our health. So those courses directly went into my like hormones program. I definitely already incorporated so much of that knowledge in there. Because, you know, we think of food, we think of stress, but sometimes we forget that, you know, other things in our environment, there's, you know, a lot of chemicals in our food, there's a lot of other things, you know, plastics that we're exposed to all the time that have environmental impacts, but also health impacts. So I really feel like this degree kind of tied my two passions together. Yeah, so already been incorporating that knowledge on how, you know, even just endocrine disruptors in the environment can impact your health and everything. So yeah. yeah. What are, if you don't mind sharing, what are some common endocrine disruptors? So one that most people have heard of is BPA, which is in a lot of plastics. A lot of plastics now will say like BPA free, but a lot of the time there's just like other similar compounds, like similar chemical structures to BPA in it still. So oh, great. in general, <laughs> plastics, like plastics and food shouldn't really go together, especially if you're heating anything. Um, or like drinking out of a plastic bottle in a hot car. There's been links with like breast cancer actually with that. There's also phthalates in, in a lot of skincare as well, which is a pretty common one. It, phthalates are in a lot of things and that's another one that can disrupt your your hormones. So a lot of the time those compounds can basically go onto your cell and act like a hormone. So sometimes that makes your body think, oh, I don't need to make as much of, of this hormone because it has a similar shape to the hormone. Or sometimes then your body thinks, wow, there's a lot of hormones in here and we'll start doing something different. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting yeah. <laughs> um, how <laughs> so many compounds in our environment impact us. And yeah, even just like air pollution, things in the air um, impacts us as well. And with climate change, you know, that is all changing as well. Things are getting worse in terms of the air quality and everything and even water quality. So very interesting and mm -hmm. definitely there's certain things too like in fish because they have a lot of fatty tissue they absorb a whole bunch of these compounds into their flesh and then if you eat that flesh then you're getting all those compounds into your own flesh yeah. um, and that has impacts as well so that was really really again validating for me to learn about all of this and be like this is exactly what I'm passionate about so it's been fun. Yeah. Yep. And our oceans are nowhere near as clean as they used to be. So this is what it's hard mm -hmm. to explain, like why, why fish oil, people think it's so healthy, quote healthy. Um, it's often, you know, recommended by doctors and different things. But it's like, I think a lot of people just don't realize that there is a lot of contaminants in fish oil and yeah. um, you're better off doing algae oil or something that's like sustainably grown and sourced and all that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh my goodness. Well, I am so excited for you. I'm, I'm incredibly thrilled just that you were able to go to school, pursue your passion, create this business that you didn't think you were going to create and be a business <laughs> owner. You're doing a lot right now and it sounds just really incredible. So yeah, Thank you excited so for much. you. So Thank if someone you. wants to connect with you or maybe they're in like the Winnipeg area where you live and would love to work with you, which by the way, can anyone across Canada work with you? Yeah, so because my practice is fully online, um, I actually see clients in the States as well. So right. anywhere across Canada, um, worldwide, technically, 
most clients find me online, especially through Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Chanel Legacy. It's C-H-A-N-E-L-L-E-L-A-G-A-S-S-E. And you can also check out my website, www.evergreennourishco.com. Wonderful. And we'll include those links in the show notes. So if you're interested in connecting with Chanel, you can easily uh, access her. Thank you, Chanel, so much for coming on and sharing your story. Appreciate you. And I guess I'll just catch you on Instagram. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Ashley. You're super inspiring to me. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.